Welcome to the Free to Choose Media Podcast. In today's episode, Atwood Gaines, Professor of Anthropology, Don Friedheim, Professor of Psychology, Roy Baumeister, Professor of the Liberal Arts, and Yetzi Spray, Professor of Sociology at Case Western Reserve University, discuss the cultural and personal meaning of the holidays. We hope you enjoy today's episode, and don't forget to subscribe to get updates each week for the Free to Choose Media Podcast. Welcome to the campus of Case Western Reserve University. My name is Arlene Stilwell. The topic for today's discussion is the cultural and personal meanings of the holidays. Your discussants are Yetzi Spray, Professor Emeritus of so- Sociology and former editor of the Journal of Marriage and the Family, Roy Baumeister, Smith Professor of the Liberal Arts, Don Friedheim, Associate Professor of Psychology and editor of the journal Psychotherapy, and Woody Gaines, Associate Professor of Anthropology and Assistant Professor of Psychiatry. Thank you. Homo sapiens is the only creature uh, on the planet that celebrates, as Harvey Cox once wrote. So there's something uh, uniquely, distinctively human about the very idea of holidays. Uh, Dogs and cats and other creatures can feel good about something that's happening in the present, but the idea of feeling good about something that happened hundreds or indeed thousands of years ago uh, is something that that only people uh, can can do. Now, uh, because of this, the very idea of holiday invokes some sort of collective memory and that we revive something that happened in the past. But as we know from, from memory research, memory doesn't really retrieve the past as it was so much as it recreates, reconstructs uh, this uh, past event in the future. And because uh, the holiday thus means reinventing uh, some prior event uh, anew each year, that uh, creates the possibility for meanings to change and evolve uh, and become different over time so that the same holiday can gradually have uh, quite different meanings within a culture over time or, or be celebrated very differently uh, in different places, uh, even though the, the, uh, the root is the same. We might mention as well that uh, times of commemoration can also be uh, times in which uh, past events that, are, that evoke sadness and sorrow are, are um, uh, celebrated, as it were, commemorated, and that these elements in many cultures are important aspects of the collective memory. The great uh, disasters, the great um, sorrows that have befallen a a group of people over uh, time. And these are important to commemorate as well uh, for collective identity and collective understanding. Uh, Yes, uh, we tend to associate more with the the, the positive emotions. And the the positive is kind of a miracle because it's like the government can pass a law that's saying everyone shall be happy on (laughs) particular days. So for emotion regulation, uh, it's. uh, sort of legislated, but, uh, but as you say, there are some, some negative ones as well. Yes. Yeah, I, what, what strikes me about this is, to get, first I want to go back to this, this dog and cat of yours. I have a dog, and when I come home, uh, she celebrates by jumping up and down like a crazy lunatic. In the morning, she celebrates when I let her out so she can do her morning, uh, whatever she does in the morning. But it's, it's a momentary, it's, you, you're right, it's a relief, actually. I think what's, what's, what we're get, getting uh, into here is the symbolism of it. I think th- the meaning is to animals of, of celebration, and that is of showing joy or a grief, is, is immediate, is direct. What we do is, I think you're right, Woody, we carry the past into the present, mm-hmm. and we do something with it. We distort it. When I came to this country 35 years ago, I'd never heard of Thanksgiving, for example. We are from the Netherlands, and 
I assume we have certain things to give thanks for over there, but we do not somehow, it did not become this particular festival, did not become part of our culture, especially our family culture. And as a family sociologist, in the beginning I didn't understand this. At the present time, I have become acculturated. Mm -hmm. And at Thanksgiving, my grown-up sons will come. But so what we have done, and that never fails to uh, surprise me, we have somehow, as a society, we have taken a particular event and we have made it functional, meaningful. I cannot predict how long this will go on, but at the present time, I find that, that few people uh, who have no family or who have no occasion to, to celebrate Thanksgiving exist here and the ones who do feel left out mm -hmm. and I think that is an, from the point of view of the society such we get another issue those celebrations seem to be meaningful they help the solidarity they help business of course they become mm -hmm. commercialized right yes. and, and, and when you look at it from the individual family basis which through which the holidays are going to be continued through the years each family can take on its own traditions and the children grow up in a family, they learn certain aspects of that holiday. People have told me um, in my work, uh, for instance, Christmas is the, was the happiest time of the year around our house. It's a time I remember that people forgot their arguments and began to come together and gave each other presents. And each of these holidays has a special meaning for the individual who will then carry it on into their own family as they grow and it will have cultural aspects as well as individual and family mm -hmm. and personal aspects as well. Yes. Well, with respect to uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving was once a harvest festival, uh, a generic harvest festival, which was altered in the United States to give thanks primarily to the Native Americans because, as you know, in a Thanksgiving meal, most everything in a Thanksgiving meal is Native American, although Americans tend to think that it's, it's European somehow. Um, but, but all the, the foods and the, the squashes, and, which a pumpkin is a squash, uh, all those things are Native American products. They're not, they were not known in Europe. And they had to be, uh, the Europeans had to be taught how to use them, how to plant them, tend them, harvest them, store them, process them, bake them, etc., etc. And so there was a giving of thanks partly to the Native Americans. So that tends to be lost, as Roy was mentioning, the meanings change. Yes, we give it, thanks to somebody, but yeah, it's not we're, clear, we're sort of not particularly to Thanks to ourselves Native or Americans our families or something, which could also yes. change in the context of political de debates about yes. uh, the family values. Mm -hmm. So there are probably people out there right, right now trying to exploit Thanksgiving as a family values day. Uh, so the meanings <laughs> can change, but just as with Columbus Day, there probably there is also a movement to recognize the, the indigenous people for instead of Christopher Columbus, and the same for Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. as to recognize indigenous people and, the, and their massive contribution to mm -hmm. the United States in terms not only of cuisine, but in terms of, of government and textiles and, and so on and so forth. Now what about Christmas? The meaning of that has changed somewhat too. I understand it's uh, the idea of a, of a festival at winter solstice is uh, practiced in most cultures and has been as far as we know uh, back in history, uh, and yet it's been adapted to the particular religious context uh, that uh, European and uh, that part of American culture, mm -hmm. and then it's continued to evolve from there. And so, uh, the uh, the religious significance uh, of Christmas and exactly what even the religious event is, as well as the winter, the winter solstice event, is not uppermost in people's minds. Uh, and it, it is celebrated. Yeah, and I think it it uh, I think what you're alluding to is that it becomes. It has become a commercial 
mm-hmm. rather than a religious Very holiday. So. And I, yeah. I'm struck by uh, events of, actually two years ago I was in California and leaving to come back to school to be for the new term, fall term of 1990. And it was uh, late August and I walked into a, an Emporium department store and there was a Christmas display <laughs> that was going August. Up. And it was the third week of August. Correct. And had a number of shopping days left. <laughs> well, yeah. I think there's a town in Wisconsin or Michigan that, that uh, celebrates, that has Christmas gifts and recruitments and decorations as their main industry. Of course, the main industry. And, and mm-hmm. they, all through the year, mm-hmm. you know, buy your Christmas things in, in this town. The Christmas tree is uh, not anything having to do with the original symbolism right. either, right? That was Martin Luther's. Uh, uh, innovation, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was, yes. So yeah. that, that just somehow got picked up along the way uh, as well. It would dr- drag along sort of uh, natural elements. The icicles, for instance, that yeah. we, we put on trees right. was because, mm-hmm. the, of course, there would be yeah. freezing rain and so forth in the German forests yeah. where mm-hmm. those trees were. And so we just brought it over. Yeah. Um, mistletoe. How about the I'm not sure the mistletoe. mistletoe. I'm not. I, well, well, we know what it's used for now, especially young young people. But <laughs> but I'm not sure of the origin of it at all. Yeah, well, the, 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 uh, to me the problem is then, and, and you raised the whole uh, ugly specter of commercialization, is how do we combine uh, giving people things? I think giving a person a present to me, especially in a family setting or good friends, is a good thing to do. It's a, it's a nice way of expressing your, your feelings of, of, of love and also obligation just depends. So we don't want to give that up. By the same token, I think we don't want to become victimized by the fact mm-hmm. people go around. I know people who start Christmas shopping in August and yes. July, and it's not a bad strategy, rationally mm-hmm. speaking, because you can still get stuff fairly cheap, cheap yes. and by the time Christmas comes, you don't have to start running around frantically. And to bring up the element of chance here again, now again, talking about the Netherlands, where I lived most of my life, we have a day there, December 5th, which is called St. Nicholas, uh, the birth St. Nicholas Day. Mm-hmm. And as a Dutchman, I like to point out that the American uh, Santa Claus Settlers. is derived Saint from Nick, the early right, Dutch yes. settlers. Something happened along the way. Over in Holland, we do the gift giving, and a lot of the commercialization is ended on December 5th, mm-hmm. which means that Christmas as a religious holiday, where people still drink and eat a lot and, and have a good time, is separated from, from the, the, gift, the giving. gift giving. What mm-hmm. we do is there's Christmas cards and New Year's cards. And to me, there's it, a tendency to say, isn't that a smart thing to do? To me, that's just one of those chance events of history. Somehow, and I don't know enough about American history, what happened here is that the two, the December 5th, fell by the wayside instead of coming from Spain and being dressed like a Roman Catholic bishop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa Claus comes from the north on, uh, on a sled. And uh, so, so you see, these, <laughs> some things are fascinating. Yeah. And he has become uh, an, a part, as Rudolf the Red-Nosed it's not even a static thing you point out. People keep adding to it. Mm-hmm. But, so, but the problem in some ways uh, that you have here is not in, uh, there in all countries because of accidents of history. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think that's important that, that for some uh, countries, um, Christmas is not a commercial holiday. Quite. It is a religious holiday and there is no gift giving. Uh, here, it, it's the gift giving has sort of been raised to the the, uh, the level of the, uh, the the prime mover of the season, practically, uh-huh. yeah. um, which I think is a is a terrible mistake, and and often people forget the the, the reasons for the, the holiday season. 
But when you're growing up, when you're a child, that's the first aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, what you get if you socialize, if you socialize into that, of course, it's very hard to give it up. But I was going to make the point that the 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 Santa Claus that we see pictured now in the red suit and the the fur trim and so forth is. I believe it's in the, it was it was the invention of a commercial artist uh, in about 1915 oh. <laughs> or so, um, and there had been various versions, but his uh, it may have been for the Saturday Post or something like that. His version of Santa Claus became the one that became fixed in the, the American collective memory. Um, so it, it was an accident, as you say, an accident of history. Yeah. You mentioned Christmas cards. I wanted to come back to that again. That's an interesting aspect of the holiday season. Uh, again, if we have the, the solstice idea of death and rebirth and that the world starts again, if that's sort of what at some deep uh, semi-conscious level is what, what is being celebrated here. Christmas card, interesting one because uh, it's sort of the idea that you should have some contact with all the people who uh, have meaning or who've had any sort of meaningful relationship with you uh, in the past. Uh, and, you know, as we know, in many cases, that's the only contact you have in the whole year is the exchange of Christmas cards. And yet still you don't want to cross the person off the list mm -hmm. because that's the final sign that the relationship ends. And yeah, so that's very good point. Uh, trying to preserve those relationships through the death and rebirth of the, uh, the annual cycle uh, is an interesting aspect that reflects this human uh, uh, reluctance to break any social bonds and the desire to preserve attachments at all costs. And the same thing with the New Year's and singing Old Lang Syne and so on. Let's not let uh, any old relationships end. end. Mm -hmm. Well, this is where also expectation plays such a role, and people expect to get their, you know, the annual letters, and if they don't, as you say, then somehow mm -hmm. they're offended. But there's also <laughs> that expectation of, of gifts and, mm -hmm. and the escalation of it mm -hmm. that happens uh, with children. And sometimes families, when there is economic hardship, uh, find that they overextend themselves terribly yes. during mm -hmm. the season as the pressure builds up because of the expectation. And the um, question is, have we gotten to a point in this country where the expectation has gotten so tremendous <laughs> that how do you begin to scale down a little bit to a more realistic, perhaps a little more yes. genuine? Well, that overspending, and we've talked about overeating and so on, it sort of brings up some of the self-control issues that seem mm -hmm. to revolve around the holidays. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a sort of uh, licensed indulgence. I mean, the government is not just saying, be happy on this day or whoever sets the holiday. They're saying, uh, overdo it, overdo you know, everything, it. and you uh, uh, eat too much. And then by the same token, the end of the holidays often marked by this uh, resolution to, uh, to exert a great deal of self-control. And it, many diets are started on uh, January 1st, yeah, and many exercise programs. Spa memberships. I think you were saying that uh, exercise uh, yes. clubs get most of their business, business. in January mm -hmm. and February, and, uh, and by the time yeah, the whistle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there is this aspect of indulge and then, and then deny yourself. And that, too, is distinctively human. I mean, the other species will indulge themselves when the food is there, mm -hmm. but deliberately going on a fast, and we're mm -hmm. the only ones who will do that. Uh, yeah, but we feel guilty. And again, I don't yes. think my dog feels guilty, guilty. after all. No, no, she no. just eats until she falls down, <laughs> and then yes. she sleeps it off. Right. We have this feeling if we had too much to eat. And, and I think uh, this may be personal, but I, I think there's others. We also sometimes feel that we spend more money than we should, and we should yes, give mm -hmm. it to those who don't have it. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, we spend it anyway. So we, we, yeah, we start with new resolutions. I think it's, an, again, whether it's an accident of history or not, it was very, it's very fortunate, I think, that Christmas is so close to New Year's. New Year's yes. is a great day for 
resolution. Yes. And Partly then, just because of the hangover, because you wake no. up and think, I'm not going to do that again. And then that's sort of a good uh, death and rebirth uh, experience yeah, there in your yes. own uh, in microcosm. <laughs> We've set it up. We, we send, no, that's another thing in, 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 in Holland, where I came from. We mostly, we send our cards actually around New Year's. But mm -hmm. I've, I've learned the hard way that I've sent them earlier you here. Them Otherwise, people here. say, we get your Christmas cards too late. And yes. I say, well, that's what you... <laughs> because so, I like to put them up. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's yes. an, I want to come back to that, too, because I think... I always think of Charlie Brown, you know, sitting in front of his mailbox, waiting for the Christmas cards mm -hmm. that never yeah, arrived. There's a great sadness in the, in the minds of many people yeah. who do not receive... Christmas cards, except maybe from their real estate broker and, and <laughs> the insurance their, their insurance agent, and they put those up. And it, I think it, it's, it, on the one hand, you, I agree with you, we're dealing with the human condition, but we're mm -hmm. also dealing with the vulnerability of human yes. beings. Isolated from, and I'm not a psychologist here, but being isolated from your network, not getting Christmas cards, being scratched from well, that, people's that lists. That brings up a very interesting idea. There's this, uh, there's this stereotype that suicides and depression and all these things increase in the holidays. Uh, I looked at the suicide literature in great detail, and that's apparently completely wrong. But there is no increase. There's actually a decrease in the suicide rate up through, and up and including the holiday. The exception being New Year's Day, which has, uh, I guess possibly the highest suicide rate of any day in the year, or certainly oh, one of the highest. But I think the idea is there is that the, the holiday is the day before, is New Year's Eve, uh, and uh, all holidays show a, a burst in suicides afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, now the, the burst, the increase is less than the decrease, so the net effect of the whole holiday season is a decrease in suicide, but still uh, there is a, a, an increase afterwards. And I think that gets to what, what you were saying, Don, about expectations, right. that people will expect to be happy and Christmas is coming and New Year's and I'm going to see my friends and be happy and have a party. And if those are disappointed, then there may be this uh, increase in suicide afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, but the idea that uh, there's an increase in suicide due to holidays appears to be false. And with depression as well, I think you... I, I think in terms of serious depression, there's, there's a lot of talk about the holiday blues and there may be that among people who are isolated and, and lonely, but the, it's a myth that there is an increase in serious depression. Now, studies have shown that that really is not so. Just as you say, that's a chance for uh, sometimes people to or forget themselves. I always encourage people that tend to be isolated and, and uh, maybe alone or have a Christmas that's not as particularly happy for some reason to reach out and, and visit someone who is more isolated or is, is a, yes. in an old folks home or something yeah. because that's when they really can feel a little yes. bit better about themselves. But it's certainly true that uh, that right afterward the holiday there may be a tremendous letdown. Yeah. Maybe not be able to face the rest of the reality of the, the year. Now, the existence of the myth itself is interesting is why should people assume that there is this and I think it may have to do with as people notice very salient things. First of all, they, they blame their own state on circumstances. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a holiday is very salient. You can't miss Christmas uh, when that's happening and the music and all the malls and mm -hmm. the decorations mm -hmm. everywhere. So if you're depressed in April, you probably blame it on income tax. And if you're depressed in, uh, uh, in, in October, you blame it on the, uh, uh, the trees turning. Mm -hmm. But if you're depressed at Christmas, you blame it on, on, on that. Uh, and the other aspect uh, has to do with some of the family things, the personal meanings, because if someone does, say, commit suicide at Christmas, that will stamp the oh, yes. family Christmases for yes. them uh, for many years after, and it yes. can become a, a lasting thing. It's, it's sort of one of the nastiest things you can do to get back at That's your right. family is kill yourself right at their big yeah. holiday. Mm -hmm. uh, and so 
on those few cases, they make such a vivid impression on mm -hmm. the survivors mm -hmm. uh, that every year when the uh, decorations start to appear, they'll always remember, well, this is when so and so. Well, if someone has suffered a loss, particularly a personal loss of a family member during a year, Holidays are always difficult to get over. Though. You know, they always because say the you go through the, about, the right. first year of holidays, and um, there are there's greater vulnerability for those people during uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas, which are particularly and Hanukkah for, mm -hmm. for Jewish families, particularly family-oriented events. Mm -hmm. So someone can't help but think of the way they celebrate them as children or the events that they've accumulated through the years. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, that we are all talking almost almost immediately we start talking about the family again mm -hmm. and just coming out of an election which was saturated with family <laughs> values and debates and all that. But it's interesting to me, again as a sociologist, that we haven't really done a very good job, again as a society, which is, you brought in the Jewish holidays also, I think we ought to remember. That's a big difference between, I've learned, between the Netherlands and the United States. There is no comparison in the pluralism and the, and the variety of ways in which yeah, so people celebrate. So the season celebrate. actually means different things right. to different people at the same yeah, time. Yeah, and I, I keep telling people over there now, when they, especially if they criticize the Americans for being over-commercial, I say, listen, folks, that may be the only thing that is still holding you know, the, the, the institutions together because everybody at least buys presents. <laughs> and you've got to be looking at it really. In other words, if you deal with the whole idea of national solidarity, we haven't really done a great deal to augment, to lift the load of the family. Of course, we have places where, where, where poor people can go and have a Christmas turkey by themselves and all that. And that may be better than sitting in, in at home. But I think we ought to realize that that from, and I'm speaking now very much as someone who has been a family sociologist, that we place an increasing burden on the family and kinship and those networks who have exist of people. I've known people who say come to me and say, I send a Christmas card to a person who has been dead for four weeks or, or six months or whatever. And you find it out at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there is, there is, at a certain point, people die, move, we disappear, mobility, and yeah. we don't really have a great deal on the neighborhood and the ethnic level to take the place mm -hmm. of that. That's, That's true. Yeah. And I think we all realize that. Yeah. Well, these uh, holidays, too, I think, in tradition, have uh, grown up in towns and in families that have been much more stable. Quite. And they certainly are in the United States, States. Yeah. Yes. where people are spread all over. Of course, it's the travel industry. Yeah. does wonderfully around these holidays because yeah. people plan trips to be together quite times. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, the uh, special. Thanksgiving, uh, the day before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving are the, the two busiest days in uh, for the airlines in the, mm -hmm. in the entire yeah. year. So it's, it's uh, clearly a social kind of holiday, yeah. uh, which I think is interesting that, that some holidays have an individual focus, like one doesn't have to work today, uh -huh. and mm -hmm. others are actually about sort of communalism or, or getting together with people, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, whoever they might be, because our definitions over the year of family have changed. Mm -hmm. So even though Christmas remains a family, what does that mean? And mm -hmm. it's radically mm -hmm. different than it was 100 years ago. Well, New Year's Eve is not particularly a family. It's not a family, family. yes. No. Uh, In fact, I think it would be, oh, it strikes me as a, a bit strange if people said, well, then spend New Year's Eve with the family. It's usually, right. usually yes. with a group of non-family for that evening, for New Year's Eve. Yes. But there's another aspect, too, that's a little more, uh, I think, prevalent today in the last 10, 20 years. We've seen increased family stress, uh, increased family disillusion. 
And these holidays that focus on the family can, are potentially very tough for mm -hmm. families who have suffered divorces, splits, and so on. The machinations around, you know, where the children are going to be. They'll spend uh, Christmas Eve at one family, and then the Christmas Day at another, or they'll go from, mm -hmm. you know, in the morning, open presents in one home, open presents in mm -hmm. another home. They're trying to add on all of the holiday traditions and sort of add it on, not yes. make, make differentiations. Yeah. My, and, my and own case is like that. Push. My parents were divorced in, in 1956 or 57, and so right. we had two Christmases with my mother and my yeah. father, and then his subsequently his new wife, and so we had two, two mm -hmm. holidays, uh, mm -hmm. two of each yeah. holiday. Mm -hmm. The family rituals you were talking about. Well, yeah, but by the same token, I know of people, of situations, and I, I have no data to see whether this increases, where people um, invite their ex-spouses for Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. I think here, this is something that we as social scientists should look at and maybe try to make some influence. There is no reason, if we can do something making the divorce process less combative, combative and, and traumatic, that we cannot see extended families. There's a very interesting book uh, written by a feminist scholar, Stacy, uh, Brave New Families, dealing with uh, working class families, where you find that the, the former spouses, in many cases, and there are lots of them, this is in the Silicon Valley in, in, oh, in uh, California, where everybody seems to divorce at least once or twice, and uh, they are, but they remain kin. In an, and I think mm -hmm. here, I here we have to go to another human potential, and that's the potential to renovate, to renovate, yes. to redefine the notion of divorces necessarily. That's where there's a lot of work, mm -hmm. and I, I'm more optimistic there because there are people who are actually doing that now. Right? You, I was going to mention, mm -hmm. with, with respect to, to California, which is where I come from, they, uh, that there are, it is not unknown to have divorce parties. That is, there mm -hmm. are celebrations jointly given by the parties to the divorce. To uh -huh. celebrate the divorce. Quite, yeah, and that may sound awfully cynical. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that has not come to our town. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't come to Cleveland Heights yet. Let's put it that way. No, no. But I think there is no reason why we can, if we begin to look at whether we like it or not, at, mar at marriage as no longer necessarily a lifelong relationship, mm -hmm. why yes. we cannot redefine those transitions in at least in at least in a less hostile. Mm -hmm an antagonistic yeah. way, yeah. which will benefit especially yes. the children, children and the younger generation. Yes. Mm -hmm. well, what you I, think, yeah. I think the reason we all laughed about the divorce party is that so few breakings of attachments are celebrated. Nearly all new relationships yes. are celebrated, getting a job, having a child, whatever. But in fact, but, it can but, be a rebirth but for, breaking up. for but, a but couple yes, of years. And the kind of thing Yitzi is saying, if you could uh, sort of socially engineer a way to think of these relationships as lasting because apparently they do last mm -hmm. and that ex-spouses remain in contact yeah. and, and see each other and so on. Maybe we need, we have Mother's Day and Father's Day and grandparents, maybe we need a ex-spouses ex day, day yes. and uh, yeah. that could be uh, celebrated. Yeah, just our hallmark about it, they'll start making cards. Yes. <laughs> before you I believe that. we have now a, uh, what's it, the new day, is it Sweetheart's Day? Or something sweetest, or, yes. sweetest, sweetest day. day. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what that is, but <laughs> I see cards now for it. Yes. Oh dear. Yeah. Sorry, don't you want to say Well, again, this, you know, so much of expectation is in our psychology, and um, we talk about accepting divorce as reality. Then that can tend to reduce the expectation when you marry that this is a say lifelong. lifelong. This has always been, uh, in a sense, build in a sense. You know, 
grown mm -hmm. up as we expect to this be forever, you know, till death do us part mm -hmm. as part of the marriage ceremony. Now, this flies in the face of some will, who will say, you know, we've got to preserve this as a family value. But uh, I think you're right. The, the reality is that we're living longer. We are marrying later. We're not marrying mm -hmm. as early. And, and that may be another aspect. Quite. Where you have people in their 20s and 30s who are perhaps forming relationship partnerships without benefit of marriage uh, preserve a kind of a fam kind of a family aspect. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Um, I think that there are some real changes in our Western society. Yeah. I think you mentioned the basic one, the demography. I start my family class by telling students that when marriage became sort of institutionalized in Europe in the 15-16 family, I'm talking out in Western, uh, Western world. The life expectancy of middle class people was about 35, 40 years. Mm -hmm. Then I say, as of look at the statistics, the census data, at the present time, the life expectancy of the average marriage, and that incorporates divorce and death, is 40 years. Mm -hmm. And I say, in other words, life a lifelong relationship, when it entered our culture as an expectation, you talk about, was in a, in a situation when that relationship would last for 10 years at the most. Mm -hmm. And when there was a tremendous rate of remarriage, mostly dealing with, you know, frequently people married a few days, especially widows. They really know that in American history. We are in a different ball game right now. Mm -hmm. I have that people living with one person for 40 years is one heck of a long time. Right. And it requires very extraordinary skills and circumstances. Mm -hmm. This view of divorce as a substitute for death. Yes, quite. Uh, yeah. Broken apart. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we, in, in anthropology, we redefined that in the United States we don't have monogamy; we have serial monogamy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. have one spouse at a time, yeah. rather yeah. than simply one spouse. They relate yeah. to the holidays. The holidays are we talked about earlier culturally to kind of renew, and, mm -hmm. and the governments put in holidays almost so that people could renew themselves, have a vacation day, have a little celebration, and then go back to work. The holidays are, we only have one Christmas time, mm -hmm. and we only have one sort of, whatever, Passover, Easter, or whatever. And those sometimes can preserve some of the continuity. Because people look forward to, well, let's not split until uh, after Christmas. Christmas. Let's mm -hmm. try That's to get point. together mm -hmm. for the sake of the holidays. To have a social organizational uh, function. And that has a more true. stabilizing, in a sense, a more stabilizing. Effect yeah. Oh, in yeah. Society. Yeah. Well, ritual has. Ritual mm -hmm. is basically right. behavior that becomes instead of a means to an end, it becomes an end in itself Self to mm -hmm. a degree. Mm -hmm. yeah. And therefore, we talk about uh, dead ritual and empty ritual right. and bureaucrats as ritualists. That is the type of behavior that mm -hmm. is just instrumental, and it frequently right. it disappears when the purpose disappears. Mm -hmm. Other ritual takes on a life of its, it's own, and right. that's the fascinating thing of the, the kind of, done for the sake of what we're talking about yeah. today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, th I think it, with respect to uh, governments uh, giving time off, uh, you know, establishing or uh, certifying days as holidays to uh, uh, sort of ease the burden of the worker or whatever. Yeah. Well, they're very different views. Um, I did uh, long-term research in eastern France in the province of Alsace, and most of France's Protestants live in Alsace, and for a time, in, in fact, it was completely Protestant. Uh, now they're Lutherans and Calvinists, largely. And so the French government, which is dominated really by a Catholic ideology, although they say they're secular, um, increases holidays. Well, the, the reception in, in um, Alsace to a new national holiday is great dismay. Mm 
because the Protestants say, oh, not another day to do nothing. And they were very upset when the weekend came in, um, 70 or 80 years ago. Those are real Protestants, aren't they? Calvinists and Lutherans, yes. And so they're actually terribly upset about these new holidays and fight against them, whereas the average French person wants another holiday. Germany is interesting because all the different little states, half of them are Catholic roughly and half are Protestant. and. I was there last year, one of my friends who was you know, not at all religious, but he said, oh, thank God I live in a Catholic thing. My, my friend lives an hour away, and he's the poor, poor joker's in some Protestant thing, and he only gets three holidays, and uh, we get one practically every two weeks. Two weeks, yes. yes. <laughs> By the way, we're all talking about our international uh, you know, connections. When I served a year in Israel on sabbatical, Thanksgiving was a very important time. We gathered around you know, some Americans living there, and of course it wasn't celebrated at all in Israel. Mm -hmm. But to the Americans there, it became very special and going out and getting mm -hmm. turkey and getting some of the ingredients of it uh, really meant a great deal. And to my children, they remember that as one of the great experiences of their foreign experience. Mm -hmm. So it's an occasion to preserve your, your right. national, yeah. national identity. Right, national exactly, identity. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Using the family as an important vehicle and mm -hmm. organizing. By the way, the ritual also has interesting uh, connotations when it comes to where are, where do we celebrate Thanksgiving? When does the holiday in sort of trend, when does the transition come from the parents' home to yeah. the adult children's mm -hmm. home? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is a cause for a lot of, a lot of difficulty. I mean, in my office, I have a lot of conflict of families who say, you know, we always have to go to my parents' house. Now, I'm a person with a husband and with children, and as we grow older and more able to and continue to be able to have that, to come up to your parents and say, look, we're going to have Christmas at our house mm -hmm. this year. Yes. We're going to transfer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very hard for That's the older generation sometimes to, to switch that yeah. center yeah. Of, of interest in family. Yeah, control also oh, yeah. a matter of, yeah. 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 But it could also yeah. be marking a point in the senior person's life that they're recognizing increasing uh, infirmity or disability mm -hmm. and yeah. that they can't do it. So, yeah. so granny, yeah, so granny and the gramps have to come, yeah. come the to the their children. Attention yes. shifts down yeah, the you're right. Generation. Yeah. 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 And also, I think in, in some more affluent families, the senior people may move out of the large family home to right. yeah. smaller they quarters. Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. Yes, they don't need because mm -hmm. the children are gone, and so they move right. into a condo or something. And mm -hmm. so then the children who this is not happening in California, who have a six-bedroom house, um, they then have the festivities there. Yeah. Um, well, my parents said for many years, we're staying at our home because when you and the others oh, yeah. come in to Cleveland, you know, we can all stay together. Yeah. So they said, look, we could stay at hotels. Or when yeah. my wife and I moved into the town, we said, we have a home, too. Yeah. Well, that was very, very hard for them to accept. Yeah, but that's giving up others. power. That's giving that's up right. a means of control, right. and it's, it's almost like a part of an argument. You're staying in here for your sake, and you damn well better show up. Exactly. We have this. Yeah. Admission of mortality. All right. Mortality. Yes. Dynamics. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's. A, I think uh, changing the, the definition of the role is uh, may not be so much power. It can also be that you know where the parents we are giving. Mm -hmm. And then if you do it at your house, then you're the children and you are doing the giving. Mm -hmm. And they're taking. And that, right. that shift is very difficult for parents right. to take because it's, in, it's suggesting a dependency mm -hmm. relationship on their own children. I have encouraged families uh, to start their own traditions mm -hmm. around the holidays, to not always have to carry out you know, the, the way in which the holiday was celebrated 
in the past, particularly in the, some of the time, as you say, the, the new uh, family constellations, that they can begin to invite people from, from the city who perhaps don't have a, uh, yeah. a place to go. Or they can go down and, and serve at some of the yeah. Salvation Army or some of the kitchens mm -hmm. and begin to incorporate that ethic into, into the celebration and start having the children learn that the, you know, there are new rituals that can come mm -hmm. in to mm -hmm. a family celebration. So this, for this Thanksgiving, my family um, is going to actually gather at the, the apartment of my nephew who wants to host mm -hmm. it, and he's a cook. And so I do some cooking. So we are going to cook, but we're not going to cook a traditional meeting, but a meal. But the family will meet, but it's at the nephew's house. And this is something that he mm -hmm. wanted, yeah. sort, of, uh, sort of an assertion that he now had a place and that people could come to his house for dinner, and he was a cook. So it's a sort of new status and social identity mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. uh, but we don't feel compelled to have turkey or <laughs> ham or things like that. By the way, restaurants and uh, eating, you know, dining clubs and so on, are serving more and more holiday meals. Yes. There's families that uh, are, are growing or they have, you know, different constellations mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Can't decide on where it should be. Say, well, let's go out. A neutral territory, yeah. sort of. And, uh, yeah. That's becoming more of Yeah, and I see that as a very reasonable and rational adjustment mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. and if people realize that they can always go home and sit and talk, you know, yeah. they, right. that in some ways, mm -hmm. again, ritual, my point is, is on, it, it could die, but we don't have to let it. You mm -hmm. know, we constantly mm -hmm. work at it. It's like mm -hmm. building something and mm -hmm. adding, tinkering yeah. with it. That's oh, yeah. essentially right. a good word. Bricolage is what the French call it. Yes, bricolage. Yeah. Levi Strauss. Yeah. yeah. But it seems also that, that we have uh, loaded the latter part of the year with the two main social holidays, or actually three, because New Year's is non family, right. but definitely yes. social. Then Christmas is a family, and Thanksgiving is a family. So within really 35 days or so, we have the three major, major family gatherings. Right. We have other holidays during the year, but they're not family. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. I think that's sort of. Interesting, and that probably gives uh, some some of the special meaning to the holiday season, as mm -hmm. we call it, mm -hmm. because they are three family or three social kinds of holidays. Yeah. Well, this is also fed into the commercial yes. industry because if you look at any retail sales, any chart, they probably do more business around these holidays. Oh yes, they than do. The rest yeah. of the, sometimes the rest of the year, yeah. their mm -hmm. whole years. Uh, you know, uh, stability depends, depends on, on, yeah. on what happens over this rest of the year. Is paying off those credit card credit bills. bills. <laughs> well, <laughs> of course, that's another aspect, and, and we deal in, our, in uh, the offices sometimes with counselors, with people who um, who overdo. I mentioned that before, overspend, yes. and, and so we get carried away with the holidays and then suffer tremendously afterwards. Well, that's yeah. it. Seems to be part of the holiday thing, though, with the, whether you eat too much or you spend too much or you drink too much or whatever. Then. Uh, you, you indulge yourself, you feel happy, mm -hmm. and then and then you're sorry uh, when yes. the holidays are over, and then you try to uh, get some self-discipline. And that seems uh, somehow better suited to human nature than uh, mm -hmm. the sort of zero tolerance, uh, control yourself all year round, and everything's the same, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, work and be disciplined, the kind of ideals we, we like to hold in America. Mm -hmm. uh, most places in the world seem more to adapt to these uh, uh, these, these binge and, uh, and then repent mm -hmm. uh, cycles, and that's really a lot of what holidays seem to be about uh, everywhere. We have the same ritual in the fall around uh, the, new, the Jewish New Year, followed 10 days later by uh, the Day of Atonement. So you celebrate the New Year and also celebrate a, a, a 
great deal the, the completion of reading the, uh, the five books of Moses, which are read every year and, and weekly at the, the synagogues, and a Simcha Torah celebration, which is sort of like a New Year's, mm -hmm. followed by uh, Day of Atonement, where you atone for your sins, where you mm -hmm. think about the year past and the year ahead. Yeah, I think there, there are elements in the Jewish celebrations um, that that speak to the uh, uh, issues of remembering difficult times and remembering pain and suffering, mm -hmm. like uh, the, uh, the seders Passover, and so forth, right. Passover, mm -hmm. um, and that's very common in the Mediterranean to remember the sorrowful times mm -hmm. in the present. So they're not total yes. celebrations right. of just yes. joy and wonderfulness. Right. Uh, and I think that's an important part. I think also yes. that in um, uh, as an anthropologist who works in the, the Mediterranean, largely the Western Mediterranean, um, uh, I think there is something to what you were saying earlier, that the sort of boom or bust kind of lifestyle rather than the constancy. I think there really are two major traditions in Europe, and one is the Northern European notion, which strives for constancy all year long in mm -hmm. personal behavior or whatever, and the Mediterranean, which really does go up and down. Yes. And, the, and the holidays that are uh, official holidays re reinforce a cultural tradition of, of festivities and so forth. Periods of, of uh, license and letting go, uh, followed by periods of getting back to work. Mm -hmm. um, but there's this up and down yes. uh, well, kind human, of human rhythms. You yes, know, yes. We, we, we instead of keeping it all wrapped yes. for the entire year, and then you might go really overboard if you let loose at one period uh, mm -hmm. of time. Well, our, our time here is about up. Our, our human rhythms are coming to an end. But oh, I see. I thought we were just getting going. <laughs> so I, I think we've touched on some of the major cultural and personal meanings of holidays. Uh, they involve, uh, first and foremost, uh, reaffirming attachments and trying to preserve them through the, the end of the year and through, uh, through the, the death and rebirth aspect. Uh, issues of uh, letting go and self-control and then reaffirming self-control afterwards. Uh, issues of uh, the, the human rhythms, as Don said, of uh, maintaining some continuity with the past and yet also uh, having this cyclic up and down aspect. The challenge of holidays seems to be to try to maintain some continuity with uh, what has happened in the past and yet to reinvent it and to adapt it and update it uh, so that uh, it can apply to individual people's lives and the collective lives uh, here uh, today in the present. Well, I wish everyone a happy holiday and thank you for joining us. Want more episodes like this? Don't forget to subscribe and get updates each week for the Free to Choose Media Podcast.